Hey, legends, you know, none of our interviews or episodes ever date, ever. They are all timeless and ready for you for when you're ready to listen. Download the lot and rip in. It's back, the ultimate motorsport prize, a trip to the Indy 500. Get this, return flights for two, four nights in Indianapolis, plus transfers, reserve seating, race tickets and driver parade. Police escort a two-seater ride and a purpose-built Indy car around the track itself. There's meet and greets. It is the complete VIP treatment and unlike anything before it. The prize is not being auctioned, it's being raffled. Tickets are just $20 and all proceeds go to the Peter Duncan Neurosciences Research Unit at St Vincent's Hospital. Go to the ultimatemotorsportprize.com.au to get your tickets now. Thanks, Pertech, you bloody legends. Welcome to another edition of Andy Raymond Unfiltered, the only podcast that talks with the legends and not about them. This is Best Of. It's a chat with one of the game's greats from their Legend Series interview already in the Library of Legends, where none of our interviews or episodes ever date. This one is with a guy that played for two clubs. However, he will always be a Panther. He played 265 NRL games and won a premiership. He played for New South Wales and Australia as well. A Dally M Rookie of the Year, a three-time Dally M Halfback of the Year and the Dally M winner in 1985. This is Greg Alexander. And if you enjoy this quick chat with the great man, you'll just love the full interview. It's raw and it's unfiltered. It's episodes 187 and 188 in the library. Here's Brandy. Enjoy. A Penrith junior, it could have been so very different. You looked at the eels and you actually went down to training, if I'm right. Yes, I did. And and, and um, being being at Fairfield Pats, you know, Fairfield Pats was part of the Parramatta area. Uh, and, and look, I, I, I fell in love with that Parramatta side and you could not. If you're a football fan, yeah. you know, staunch Penrith and, you know, grew up sitting on the on the railings right next to the, uh, the tunnel uh, there at Penrith Park. You know, you couldn't help but admire Sterling, Kenny, Ella, Growth, Cronin. Uh, and so I, I sort of, as, as a schoolboy, fell in love with the, that Parramatta side and uh, got an invitation from Jack Gibson. And I don't know how it actually came around, but I think someone rang the school from Parramatta and invited me down to train. So I remember going down to Granville Park where the, the Eels were training because Cumberland had been burnt down and uh, Parramatta Stadium still hadn't been built. So they're training at Granville. And uh, I remember running around like it was like it was really an out of body experience. Um, Schoolboy running around with uh, Steve Eller and Brett Kenny, and Steve Steve Eller had seen me, and and those that those Parramatta players that had played in the Origin game in '83, uh, I played in the under 18s New South Wales side, and um, I remember Steve Eller sort of talking to me as we were jogging around Granville Oval. Um, you know how impressed he was with me in that game, and I thought it was just the best thing ever. Um, and I did go and talk to Dennis Fitzgerald when I finished school uh, in '83, but I think I was just going because you know it was such a big thing. Dennis Fitzgerald asking me to come along and have a chat about you know, possibly playing for the Eels. I was never going to do it, but 
I certainly enjoyed the attention after that for that period. Your debut for Penrith in 84, you'd played 23 games in first grade, scored 10 tries. What stands out from your rookie year, mate? Because it was a beauty. I remember talking to uh, Roger Cowan and Tim Sheens, and, and Tim Sheens sort of, Tim Sheens was the one that, um, you know, I decided that uh, Penrith was definitely the place I wanted to play. Uh, there was no, there was only one player on sign-on fee um, in the '84 season, and I didn't, I didn't have a sign-on. I just signed on for match payments. Um, Royce was the only player on a contract. The rest of us, the rest of the club, were signed on for match payments only, uh, which is quite incredible. And it was, it was six hundred dollars a game if you played first grade. Win, lose, or draw, you got six hundred dollars, which I thought was a fortune. You know, so I'm thinking, well, if I can play half the season. In first grade, you know, I might make six, eight thousand dollars. That's uh, that would be enormous. Uh, so we had a, a good group of juniors coming through, and uh, it was a good mix. And you know, we went within an ace of uh, in one match of uh, making the finals that first year. Uh, and I remember our last game. We had to beat Parramatta of all teams. We had to beat Parramatta in our final game. It was at Penrith Park, which it was called then. And 23,000 jammed into Penrith Park. There still was there was no grandstand on the eastern side. It was just a big hill, and uh, that was that was certainly the biggest game I'd ever played in. Parramatta got us that day, but we were gallant, and uh, you know it wasn't a big win by the Eels. They beat us by eight or ten, I think. But uh, you know that was the first year, and that was really the start of our build-up to, you know, the premiership that came seven years later. So it started that year with, you know, a few of us making our debuts. Any episode, any time, our interviews never date, never, any of them. Over 500 to choose from. Download the lot and rip in, legends. Dallium medal in your second year. Dallium halfback of the year as well. An era with halfbacks, names like Peter Sterling, Steve Mortimer, Craig Goldman, all wearing seven, all at the top of their game. It's a fair list to beat. What does the Dallium mean to you, mate? Uh, yeah, well, it was a, it's a great individual achievement. You know, I, I you know, Dallium was, um, well, and it still is, it, it's, you know, the most prestigious award we've got in the game. Uh, it, was, it was still quite new when I when I won mine because Rocky Laurie won the first one in 1980. So it was only half a dozen years old. Uh, but I'd been to the, the Dally M's the year before and it was always a big gala dinner. Um, uh, and in those years, it was held at St. George Leagues Club. Uh, so, that, yeah, it, yeah, it was, you know, I, I thought it was a, you know, and I still look back on it as being a great achievement to be able to, to win the Dally M. You'd progress, and just 12 months later, you were called into a kangaroo tour squad, I think as a replacement for Eric Groth. So you're 21 years of age on one of the greatest ever rugby league tours. What stands out from your time away? I think just the, uh, just how good the, the, you know, the players were, just what good blokes, and I didn't know what to expect, but, you know, the senior players on that tour, blokes like Noel Cleal and uh, Chris Mortimer and um, there was a host of them that were that were just so good. I, you know, I loved that. That was a great three months. I didn't want it to end. And then there was a you know a crop of young young players that um, you know that I played with and against all my junior career with Paul Langmack and uh, Ciro. 
um, but it was just uh, the time of my life and to, to be on that tour. And, and I, I got called in late too. I, Tim Sheens rang me uh, as I was leaving for the airport uh, to go to Hawaii and said, you're in. That was the best phone call I'd ever had um, because I was really disappointed missing out. N- not not for any other reason that, you know, and I didn't think that, you know, I, I should have been in front of some of those the players that were picked. And Desi was, Desi was um, you know, the other halfback along with Peter Sterling. Uh, but, uh, and I, I became a utility on that tour and played 5'8", centre and wing and uh, played, a, I don't even know if I played halfback. Might have played a couple of games at halfback, but uh, it was just the best time. Kangaroo tours, those full kangaroo tours that lasted for three months were uh, the the current crop of players, you know, that don't that haven't experienced that. That's you know something that they're, they're you know they are really missing from the modern game. Who was your roomie, and what did you learn from them? Um, roomie on well on both tours. So the '86 and '90 tour was Dale Shearer. So I got Rowdy both, oh, both, dear. both tours. Um, he was a good roomie, Rowdy. Um, and we we're both the same age. You know, we we're both 21. Uh, he was a great player. Um, and he was playing for Manly then. Uh, and, um, yeah, we, we were good. 86 was a was a great tour Not with, with Rowdy. And, and we knocked around a fair bit with each other because he was, he was pretty good mates with Desi and Terry Lamb. Uh, me, and, me and Barbie came pretty close on the, on the tour, and so it was me and Desi and Rowdy and and uh, and Terry Lamb and Bar. Uh, sort of, you know, we'd look after each other and make sure that if we we're going out, we we ended up coming home with each other and watched each other's back. So uh, that was good. Rowdy was Rowdy was great. Ninety was a little bit different with Rowdy. It was he uh, he had his wife over there, so I, I barely saw Rowdy. He was in and out of his out of the room. And, um, Delisi's wife was staying somewhere else, so you know, Rowdy would disappear for for a day or two and come back and get his training gear and turn up to training, and then disappear again. But you no, know, it's, it's good roomy, Rowdy. The legends at Pertec are a fabulous sponsor of Andy Raymond Unfiltered and super proud of their Protect range of products. Biodegradable and environmentally friendly, the Lanolin range is Australian made too. The Protect range of products is available from the 107 Pertex stores Australia-wide. Check out all the details on their extensive range of Protect products at pertech.com.au. Thanks, Pertech, for your continued support of Unfiltered. Phil Gould was the coach, uh, a long-time friend of yours, a very complex guy, but everyone that knows Gus has a story about him. Is there a Gus story that stands out? Oh, yeah, there's, there's a few. I, I, you know, Gus, Gus was always, I think I think every all of us, like, respected Gus that much, but there was always, there was that, there was that bit of fear involved too because we knew that he was, he, he could he could blow up. Yeah. Um, I remember one that was aimed at me. We played the Tigers close to the ninth end of the regular season we, we got beaten I was playing fullback and didn't have my best game but um, and Gus let me know that at half time um, uh, with both barrels and said that's that's it he said 
Uh, you won't be playing fullback anymore. Next week, you're playing halfback. And the rest of the season, we are riding on your shoulders. So he just just threw the gauntlet down, which was, you know, fair enough. You know, I, I didn't play well. And 90, I sort of mixed a bit of time between fullback and halfback. And maybe I got a bit, a little bit flippant uh, playing at fullback that night. Tried a few too many things that I shouldn't have. And anyway, um, that, was, that was one of the all-time great sprays personal sprays too um, not just not team it wasn't it was directed at me fully solely the whole the whole lot anyway I sort of thought oh okay but Gus could do that with me and he could he could do it with most of us but I, I respected Gus and I thought Gus Gus got to the club in 90 and said well you know he said I think you're the best player in the game and, and no one had ever said that to me and I thought oh Maybe I am, you know, and I think Gus got me to believe that. So Gus, Gus, you know, I think in Penrith out west, we, we sort of, you know, there might be a little bit of an inferiority complex, you know, maybe. And I, I think that ran through our team. And I think Gus realised that and got us to believe in ourselves. So that was that was the, the greatness of Gus. Um he could get make you as good a player as he thought you could be. Um, but then, you know, Gus, <laughs> as you said, Gus is a complex character. And, uh, you know, there could be days. I remember, remember um, Gus lost his licence points, did, went through the points and had to serve the three-month suspension. And Ben became his chauffeur. So Ben used to drive Gus around and Ben was the only one that could really handle Gus like a friend instead of like this scary coach that some coaches can be. It's quite remarkable watching a 19-year-old sort of relate to Gus, who wasn't that old himself. You know, he was in his early 30s back then, but uh, Ben had the ability to break down that scariness and just treat Gus like a person, which was quite remarkable. The best of Greg Alexander. We hope you enjoyed. The full interview is episodes 187 and 188 in our Library of Legends, where none of our interviews or episodes ever date. So you can download the lot, rip in, and get amongst the best rugby league talk there is. Make sure you come back soon. Legends. UltimateMotorsportPrize.com.au. Tickets are just $20. All proceeds go to charity and you could be going to Indy.